Welcome to another episode of ARWP, the All Real Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Eric Novak, and today we have a huge guest. With Ring of Honor Final Battle coming this Friday, I would like to introduce to you, he is the trend, Matt Taven. I'm Matt Taven. See there, so that's how it works, right there. But no, see, I, it doesn't work with me, though. It doesn't work. When I do it, it doesn't work. It only works when you do it. Yeah, it's hard for other people to say I'm Matt Taven. It just, you know, it just doesn't feel right. But um, it, it leads to some to some fun back and forth with uh, <laughs> with people just in denial that they're Matt Taven. I have to repeat, I'm Matt Taven. They're Matt Taven. Yeah, we, Matt Taven. we don't got time for that though. Sadly, we don't, we don't have time for that. All right, let's let's start. You know, let's start with r- what we're seeing right now. You know, everything with you and Ring of Honor with Vincent. To, first of all, it's it's so good to see you back in the Ring of Honor ring. It's so good to finally Thank you. watch you. Tell me what, what you're feeling. What's the plan? What's going on in your head right now? Well, I mean, it's been a long, long couple of months. I, mean, I think it's been a long year for everyone. But uh, for me in particular, just having to have two surgeries during uh, this downtime or be rehabbing at least from two surgeries during this downtime. I I got them both done basically right before the pandemic, not knowing what was about to happen next. And, uh, you know, things were kind of hectic trying to rehab and, and you're so used to going into the hospital and meeting with your physical therapist. And then all of a sudden all that changed and you couldn't go in there anymore. And we're doing things over Skype and zoom and it's just kind of not the same. So, you're a little bit worried about like, am I at the place where I think I'm at? Because I'm kind of by myself, you know, doing the rehab at this point. But um, man, I've really never been more motivated in my life. Um, Coming back from the ankle and knee surgery, it's really made me feel a way that I haven't felt in a long time. I, I truly think that a couple of years ago, four or five years ago now, when I got my first knee surgery, I maybe came back a little too quick. And I feel like I've been constantly trying to play catch up with uh, getting my knee right and uh, after that initial surgery. And like now I finally feel like I've caught up. Like everything is, is good to go. And I've been saying, you know, I feel better than I felt in, in five years. So I'm very excited uh, about what the future holds for not just myself, but at the same time, I'm watching, you know, the Ring of Honor product, the Pure Tournament, and maybe I'm biased, but the Pure Tournament has the best presentation of professional wrestling I've seen in a long, long time. And watching it as a fan gets you so excited and it gets you antsy, like, oh my God, I got to get back in there. I got to make sure I'm, you know, not forgotten about because wrestling's fickle like that. You know, you're here today, gone today, it feels like. So. When you're out of the spotlight for an extended period of time, especially nursing an injury, people kind of forget about you. Um, you know, I personally have been off social media and stuff for, for a good couple of months, just really focusing on things. And it's funny because you, you come back to it and you're like, oh, I, a thousand or something people have, have unfollowed me. They just forget about you so quick. You're like old news. But um, that's a motivating factor to get back in there and to not just get back to the spotlight, but get back to a thing that you love more than anything. And the reason why you got all these surgeries, why your rehab so hard was to get back in the ring, um, to come back and be able to attack Vincent 
and kind of get a little bit of revenge. Like, here's the thing, you know, people keep saying, oh, you, you came back and, you know, you got your hands on Vincent. Wasn't that great? It's like, no, because I feel like I still have a lot, to, like a lot to make up for. The guy has cut my forehead. Uh, he's shattered my ankle. He broke into my house. So I think like one time of beating him up is like not enough. So I, I just feel so unfinished. Uh, and, and this past week, you know, it was supposed to be my return to the ring and it was stolen from Vince, uh, from me by Vincent. It's, it's one of those things where I'm excited to wrestle again. And at the same time, I have to balance that the fact that I'm probably not coming back to wrestle. I'm coming back to a fight with uh, one of my former friends. That's how it always is in Ring of Honor. That, that, that's why, you know, that's the major storyline that it's going to be always a fight. It's never just a wrestle. There's always going to be a purpose to what you wrestle for. But, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Like I said, you came back looking like money. You came back looking better than ever with the awesome Thank white you. gear. I love gear. You keep on amazing me with the amount of new ideas and designs you have for your gear. I never seen white and purple. You made it work. You made it work so well. But appreciate it. Of course. I'm a big gear guy myself. I feel like, you know, you always got to keep up with the new trend, no pun intended. But uh, you know, for me, I can look back at different parts of my career and and basically, if I see a picture of myself, I can look at the gear and kind of know within like a six month period when that was because I, you know, like the, the people you grow up idolizing, they always kept changing and, and, and evolving and, and keeping things fresh. And, uh, I, I am, am one just like you to, to think like, if I'm coming back, I'm coming back with a fresh look, I'm coming back with some new gear. And, um, it, it's funny cause now I have a closet full of, of old gear that I'm not sure what I'm going to do with, but uh, I'll sure I'll figure it out one day. Start selling man. Start selling. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so hard. There's so many pieces that I'm like, I should put that up for sale, but it, it, it means so much to me. And it's like, yeah. what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just been sitting in my closet. It's like, Oh, you probably should sell it. Uh, Oh, it's hard to let go of it. So uh, I, I definitely have a, a dilemma on my hands. Maybe at the end of my career, I'll, I'll, I'll start being okay with parting, parting ways with a couple of things. But there's, there's some things that I'll, uh, I'll definitely hold on forever, no, just course. as a little momentous. Of course, of course. So, you know, let's talk about, let, let's, go, let's go way, way all the way back to your, the reason why you want to become a pro wrestler. Tell me why you decided pro wrestling is the way to go for you. Um, you know, my story, I think, starts like a lot of other people's story where it just as a little kid, I fell in love. And I, it's weird to me. Like, I, I feel like this memory is correct in my mind, but it could be just like over the years I've developed this story. Um, I know it happened something like this, though. My my dad's uncle, which would make him my great uncle, he came uh, to stay with us for maybe like a weekend or something. And he was a huge wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, five years old and watching Thundercats and cartoons and stuff. And so when Saturday morning after I was watching cartoons, he kind of came into the living room and I, I, in my mind, he had a, a TV guide and he was telling me like, hey, flip the dial here, here, here. And I can remember watching for the first time guys like the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. And it was like the cartoons, like the larger than life people that I was watching in cartoons were now real. And like, you know, now they're human beings and it's like a real life superhero in front of my eyes. And I can 
vividly remember the um, old opening of, of superstars that had like the ultimate warrior with the world title belt and like lightning bolts behind him. And I was hooked. Like I was so hooked. My parents didn't really understand. They weren't wrestling fans. Uh, so they didn't understand like that. I was obsessed. I mean, I ruined so many pairs of sneakers <laughs> to taking my shoelaces and tying them around my, my arms as a kid, tying them too tight where my mom has to cut them. And I destroyed every piece of furniture my parents ever owned um just doing you know all sorts of crazy moves off them and stuff and they didn't want to buy me a trampoline but i honestly think they did just so i would do the flips not on the couch and on the trampoline instead so it's been a love affair for me since i was all my life and it's kind of crazy when you you look back on things and you're like, man, I imagined as a kid being in Madison Square Garden winning the world title. Like I, I used to say like, and I'm in the Madison Square Garden, I'm the world champion, like as a kid. And to be able to live some of those dreams, I mean, you know, my childhood dreams is, is more than I could ever ask for. Um, unfortunately in wrestling, it's so go, go, go on to the next thing that you really don't have a chance to kind of enjoy those moments. Even, you know, during quarantine where I had a, a chance to kind of relive some of those moments, my mind's still going of like, what's next? What's the next thing to do? You know, how do we keep this going? Yada, yada, yada. Um, what's the next trend? And so <laughs> it's, <No> it's, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, uh, it's one of those things where maybe when I'm done, I can kind of sit back and, and think that I've achieved a lot of the things that I dreamed of as a kid. Um, unfortunately, like I said, in the wrestling world, it's, it's hard to, to sit and rest on your, your laurels because it, it moves so quickly. That's insane. But yeah, you know, you took about Madison Square Garden. I was at that show. We're going to talk about that later in the interview. Thank you. Thank you, know, you. Insane again. That that was probably your biggest moment. If I'm, if uh, you know, if I'm not wrong, that's probably the biggest moment. But um, let's talk about your first match now, because you know you are one of the most I want to say famous wrestlers in the in, not even independence, but it is in the business right now. You're definitely one of the most famous, one of the most talked about. So tell me about how your first match happened. Tell me how you, how did you have your first match? Um. My first match kind of happened out of the blue. Um, so, and, and this goes back to your first question of, you know, how I fell in love with wrestling. You're a kid and you love it. And then you start doing backyard wrestling like everyone else. Um, I'm sure that's probably not what my, my parents want to hear or, or what, what, what parents probably listen to this want to hear. But I used to backyard wrestle. And um, Funny thing is, is that uh, Hanson, who's now uh, I Ivar uh, of the Vikings, we, we grew up in the same hometown together. So we used to actually, we've been wrestling each other since we were 14 years old. So it's uh, it's crazy how a small town in New England has to, has produced two, you know, worldwide wrestlers that that were wrestling each other in on mattresses <laughs> years and years ago so uh another one of our one other one of our friends that used to wrestle with us in the backyard he started independent wrestling and i had just gotten out of college and i had always wanted to be a wrestler but you know everyone tells you like you gotta don't go to school get your head out of the clouds you know get a job and 
And so I, I did that. You know, I went to college and, and was I was actually working for the Patriots right after school, uh, Patriots and Revolution. Um, and there was always that itch. I always still wanted to be a professional wrestler. Like that was just something that never left me. So one of my friends was an independent wrestler. And uh, I, we just went to go see him and check it out. And literally, uh, I, I, I saw an independent show for the first time. One, I mean, not for the first time. For the first time, kind of as an adult, mm-hmm. I hadn't been to one since I was a teenager. And I, I was like, I, I can I can do this. You know, I can I can definitely, definitely do this. Like, what am I what am I waiting for? Um, and, and that kind of really was like a like a light bulb switch went off of like, you know, at least give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And I, I I really wasn't training too too long before I kind of had my first match against against the guy that I was talking about a guy named Todd Sopel, uh, in a place in in Somerville Massachusetts, uh, I, you know I'm sure if I watched it now I would be like what are you doing you don't know anything but um, I was very very happy that that first night and I was bit with the bug and it's it's been what I've dedicated my life since you know. Um, that was March of 2008, um, and and I, I kind of also after that first match, you know, that that, that I, I still felt like I wasn't really ready to have that match. So that's when I started kind of looking around about the places to train, and I got into you know um, Spike Dudley's Lockup Academy, and that's when like you know my mind for wrestling exploded, and he's just so unbelievable, so well traveled, so like he's. He's got knowledge of wrestling that you just you're like how do how does this guy he's I feel like he's forgotten so much about more about wrestling than I'll ever know like he just knows these little things he just pulls them out of the back of his brain and it's like man you didn't even have to think twice about that um, so I, I owe a lot to uh, Spike Dudley and another guy that was helping uh, with the school Ryan Waters uh, I trained with them for for a couple of years and that really was kind of the um real push that that got me into the new england indie scene and then out into obviously most of the east coast you know obviously from from philly new york up to boston like that whole area was always such a huge huge mecca for independent wrestling so i really kind of broke in in a, in a scene in an area that had so much opportunity and i just really took advantage of it um but it, it, it started quicker than, than I expected. And at the same time, I started late. You know, I, my first match happens right before I turn 23, um, which is a little bit later for most guys. You know, my Mike Bennett, who, uh, you know, is probably my closest friend in wrestling, he started wrestling when he was 15 years old. So we were like the same age. But I felt like the little brother because I was like, um, please teach me the way. I'm, I'm brand new to this. And. Uh, even though we, you know, were like peas in a pod, I still had to look to him for that that guidance because uh, I was starting so late. You know what? I gotta bring it up. You, I mean, you you brought up the topic, so I was gonna put this in later in the interview, but I'll bring it up now. You know, now that Mike Bennett is a free agent, now that he gets to do more stuff, are we gonna see the the bang it back together? Has that has that been any talks? Uh, it's it's always. I mean, the two of us we talk constantly, so it's. It gets talked about, you know, like once every month or so. And this has been happening for the last five years. You know, it, it always gets talked about. Um, it's, I'm not, you know, going to sugarcoat it. I would love for the band to get back together. Mike's my closest friend, you know, and 
it's it's been a weird five years for both of us since our last match together a lot of highs some lows in there um and you know it, it's uh, the we always would joke around about you know one day it'll it'll happen again so unfortunately right now it's just such a crazy time with the pandemic and you know not being able to especially do international travel uh i have an exclusive contract with ring of honor so um if i was to do anything independently it would have to be international which is kind of out of the question right now uh and at the same time you know ring of honor is is doing such a good job of keeping their talent safe and doing stuff like the the bubble for tapings that they're they're keeping that crew uh small so it's like oh, oh i want to bring a new guy in it's just it's such a, a it's such a hard hard position for everyone right now in wrestling um so i look at it as like it's still it will always be one of those things that's like yes we can do this one day it'll happen it's just a matter of kind of when we can do it um but man me and mike have have been through so much and not just as a team you know we we had those couple of years as a great team and and we're traveling all over the place but like i I was saying since my first year of wrestling uh mike bennett has been a, a guy that's helped me out tremendously so my first 10 years you know eight years in the in the business was side by side with mikey so it it would be um it would be a a a thing that i would greatly greatly enjoy if one day we could you know reunite and and get the whole band back together that's great you know as as long-term fans we always want to see that you know we always want to see a reunion or or something similar to that (laughs) as long-term wrestlers we always want to see that i mean that's it's it's funny because there's so many of us that especially have come up in the New England area and now we're spread out all over the place. Um, there's the obvious ones like me, Bennett, Vincent, um, the guys that have been in the kingdom. But there was, you know, the the Hansons, Ivar, Tommaso Champa. You know, all these guys. We we've we really were such a crew. Uh, only Lorkin. We were such a crew that used to travel all over together. You know, carpool together, and now when we spread out all over the place, it's always talks of, okay, when, when can we get back to how it used to be? Um, so it's not just the fact that we used to be a, a fantastic team, but it's, you know, I, I, I miss hanging out with my, my friends. And so keep our fingers crossed and hopefully one day the, the universe aligns again. That's awesome. I, I you know I'll, I'll be on the lookout. I'll be on the lookout. So, a question that I want uh, that I want to ask you, and and you know it may be too soon, especially with what's going on. But the kingdom has always had one thing in common: one person stayed in the kingdom. It's always been one of those things. Are we gonna see a new t- a form? A, a new? Have you been recruiting anyone for the future? Now that the you know pandemic is slowly going away, Ring of Honor is coming back. Are we gonna see a new recruitment of you know competitors? I mean, I- I have uh, no plans right now of kind of aligning myself with anyone else. It hasn't really worked out too well for me <laughs> in the past year. Um, you know, so trusting a, a, another person to kind of have my back is a little difficult right now. Um, you never say never. You know what I mean? Like just, just like we were talking about before. You know, wrestling is so crazy that you, you never you never know when when things could reform. But um, 
I look at the kingdom now as like, you know, the fans and myself that have followed me from the kingdom, you know, into this new trend thing of like, I understand we're all together as a, as a kingdom and we can stay this. It just isn't the same thing that it was before. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that those kingdom fans will understand where I'm coming from. Uh, but uh, as of right now, uh, the kingdom's dead and the man that killed it is, is the guy that, that cut my forehead in the first place. So um, it's hard. It's hard because it's something that for, for five years I really dedicated my life to, you know, the, the brand, the kingdom, I pushed harder than probably myself. Um, so to see all that work kind of come to an end at the moment, it's, it's definitely a difficult one, but, um, yeah, right now it's going to be hard to say like, okay, I can trust this person to have my back because I, I can't even walk down the ramp right now at ring of honor without some Melvin trying to jump me. No, of course, you know, it's, even though the kingdom may be dead, even though I'm going to have to throw on my kingdom t-shirt, you know, I need to buy, you know, a trending shirt. I need, I, I need to get some new market. Yeah, new... there's some brand new trend t-shirts out there. They're, they're the new hotness. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the same time, you know, if I see someone wearing a kingdom shirt, I'm still going to dap them up because uh, it, I feel like they're representing the good times and that they separate that dusty Melvin <laughs> Vinny from, uh, from the rest of the kingdom. Awesome. All right. So now I want to talk about a few of your matches, a few, a few of, of the most amazing matches you had. Obviously, the Kingdom vs. SCU was amazing. You had the Garden match where you brought out the coolest fighter I've ever seen. You know, you say it, everything looks good in purple. It does. I love purple. Every I time, it, it, It's literally the best color. So there's so much talk about, you know, tagging with Mike, you know, winning the titles, you taking the pin to win the titles. There's, there's just so much history. What are some of your favorite moments? Like the 60-minute match with Jay Lethal, even though that there was no winner, and I know you got screwed off of that, you know, you got it at the Garden. You, you know, it led yeah. to something more. So tell me what were, like, a few historical moments that you just love. Well, I mean, you definitely listed a lot of them. Uh, and and uh, the 60-minute one, the Garden doesn't happen without without that. So, like, the Garden is so special to me, and it's probably the greatest moment of my career, maybe my life, um, but um, as of now. But um, that, I feel like, is combined with that 60-minute match because, you know, one doesn't happen without the other. So mm -hmm. when I think of the Garden, I, I also think of that one. Um but there, there's so many matches that I feel like are, are under the radar that were fantastic. And, you know, you mentioned the one with SCU when we had the six-man titles. But there was a a three-team six-man, so I guess it's a nine-man tag <laughs> match in London that happened one time. Um, between SCU, the Kingdom, and the Elite, uh, Bucks and Adam Page. And it was in the middle of the time where I was feuding with Cody Rhodes and he comes out as a referee. And it's just, it was, the crowd was so fantastic and into everything that night that um, it's one of those matches that, you know, I hope uh, Ring of Honor puts on their YouTube one day. I'm sure it's on the Honor Club so you can go find it. But one day I want them to just release it to the masses because it's uh, it's such a fantastic match. Me and Ultimo Guerrero, um, we've had matches in Mexico City and in Arena Mexico that have been unbelievable. We had a match in my hometown in Boston uh, that was fantastic. We, we had the one in, in New York City that, that was great. And honestly, the one in New York City, I think really 
opened up a lot of people's eyes to be like, oh, look at this. You know, I had that, me and Ultimo really had that place rocking. And and after that, you saw me kind of rise in the singles ranks. So I I think that match had a lot to do with it. Um, Me and Mike winning the tag titles in Sumo Hall will always be one of my favorite memories. But uh, just recently, Ring of Honor put out the the greatest moments of Matt Taven and ROH uh, on YouTube. And they put as number eight, me and Mike against the Briscoes, which without a doubt, the Kingdom versus the Briscoes at that time are some of my favorite matches. I I think that people should definitely go out and and watch it because there's something that happens when you get in the ring with the Briscoes, when you know you're in a real fight and it just brings out, and and both me and Mike, it brought out um, a a new aggression that you really hadn't seen before. And, And that match in Atlanta that they put as number eight, the two out of three falls Armageddon match, I sliced the top of my head in the middle of the match and actually, hold on, I'll show you something. So this is actually a picture of me bloody from that oh match. Oh my God. My Who's friends a- from home thought it was fantastic and uh, they got that framed for me. Wow. But, uh, so yeah, so I split my head and had to have six staples put in my in my head that night in an Atlanta hospital. Um, so it, it was a match for me that I'll always remember because it's a giant scar on my on the top of my head. But at the same time, like that match of the Kingdom versus the Briscoes is probably the most definitive match of me and Mike as a team because it showed all different sides of us, but it showed that we could hang and we could put up a fight and. You know, through through busted skulls and and broken bones, we uh, we were able to beat the Briscoes. That's awesome. And you know, another match that came to my mind was you versus Rush. Even though that was probably one of the most disappointing losses, you know, alone watching how that match started, how you went full force, you literally flew. I thought you were gonna go into the crowd. I was th- I was thinking you were gonna fly into the crowd. But just amazing how you give it your all every time. And you know, there's so much amazing matches to everyone to look at it's insane i I really appreciate that man and and the funny thing about that match is you know my ankle wasn't as bad as it you know would be after Vinny smashed it but my ankle was probably about this big going into that match and i just tied it up and and was like the adrenaline will get me through this and when i watch it back you know, there's there's a couple of things. I wish I was in better shape because at the time I couldn't do cardio at the time. You know, I was I'd try to run and I just would have to ice my leg. And but seeing how that match came out and the fight that that took place between me and Roosh and it's another guy that I've had matches in in Mexico um, that I'm really proud of as well. And I, I truly think a lot of my time spent in Mexico helps me kind of find my voice and find who I was and uh, especially as a single star and um, between Ultimo Guerrero and Roosh and Volador Jr. those feuds down in Mexico really kind of formed uh, Matt Taven into who he is today. Awesome and you know uh, I want to talk about it I know we talked about gear for a little bit another thing that came to my mind was your match with Adam Cole and I, I gotta ask that that you, do you remember the gear? I'm curious if you remember the gear you wore against Adam Cole. And which match with Adam Cole we're talking about? I wrestled him the, a couple times. The champion where you, where you won the TV title. Oh yes, 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 yes. The hoopla gear. Yes, I still have that one because I love that gear as well. Was that reference I, to Shawn Michaels? Was that reference to Shawn, uh, at the uh, um in your house the against Vader? 
I, I could see, you know, that's a very similar kind of kind of look to it. Um, it was actually a, an idea um, that that Truth Martini had for for that gear, and that one and the purple one kind of have like those newspaper print to it. Um, I've always been a huge Shawn Michaels fan, so like you can see little bits of my gear will have you know things that I've seen as a child that I was always in love with from Shawn Michaels to Bret Hart to Chris Jericho, all those guys I idolized and, and their transitions and their cool gear that they used to come out with. Uh, uh, always is probably in the back of my mind when I'm thinking of stuff for myself, but um, that gear, I actually will still randomly, I, I wore that in, in Mexico about a year ago or so. Um, that's one of those ones that it's hard to let go of. I love those. those Don't, that uh, one's type. a good one. Keep that one. That, that, I love yeah. that one. Oh, I, I've kept that one so far. I'll, I'll wear them randomly internationally and stuff just as a, a little throwback. But, uh, yeah, those are definitely a, a couple of my favorite ones. Uh, I wrestled at them with ones that were, like, purple and orange before that were not, like, some of my favorites. Uh, so I'm glad that's not the one that you were bringing up. The, the Definitely <laughs> the one with uh, the TV title. Those, those were keepers. Oh my god, but what would you say is your top number one favorite gear? Is it the one at the garden? Is it the garden one with the crown? Um, man, that's a great question. That's a great question. The garden one's fun, because, yeah, definitely, you know, with the crown and stuff, but, like, my, you, you could tell I was still trying to, like, I was back to the pants and they didn't have the full evolution of what they kind of come to now. Mm -hmm. Um, the new gear, obviously that's a, uh, that's at the top of my mind now, but my favorite ones, you know, my favorite jacket is the original kingdom one, the leather jacket with the big crown on Mm -hmm. the back that me and Mike used to wear. Uh, I love that jacket. Uh, but my favorite tights, they might be the ones that you brought up, but in purple, uh, so the ones that I beat Adam Cole with, I do the same ones, but in purple. And those, I think those are probably my favorite ever. Those are the, definitely the ones that I said, okay, I'm going to wear purple, I think, from here on out. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it's so awesome they're wearing purple because, like I said, you know, Bret Hart inspired, you know. It's, it's really cool to honor the purple color because not everyone could and not everyone does. But literally that's your, not even a gimmick, that's just your style. That's your color. It works with your hair. It works with your shirt. You know, it works with everything. Even the room is, yeah. I believe, purple color, like light, light up. It's really cool. Hey, you know, got to keep it going. <laughs> so, you know, t- tell me. Um, I know it's way too soon. I, I, I want to get all the gear questions out of the way. I know it's way too soon. But when that big time comes, what's the next gear? Like, can you give us a sneak peek? Can you tell us what you're planning to do? Oh, man. See, I, 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 like my original, my my thought is like I'd probably do a little bit more white based with the with the purple, uh, you know, because like right now it's like a purple base yeah. with the white, so maybe start to kind of flip it a little more white. But here's the thing, and and guys know this <laughs> that white gear gets so dirty, everyone, it is so everyone hard. Says it, yeah, and you know, it's got spray tans or whatever, so then that gets on your white gear and like. Um, you know, my white gloves that I've been wearing now, I grabbed Vinny's hair once and they almost destroyed them for good. They turned to like a brown color because his hair is so gross. So it's like, you know, I, I would love to do more white, um, but uh, it's it's hard to keep up with. I'll probably do that. You know, I'm a big fan of like the splatter paint stuff. I love I've that too. That I was going to talk past. about that. I was going to talk about that. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I've done that a couple times in the past uh, when I had like the MTV kind of gear going. I did like the splatter paint, so I could I could see myself doing like a purple and white splatter paint thing. I have that void vest that is is got some splatter on it, but that's totally a Bret Hart. Uh, you know, Bret Hart, what ninety four started doing splatter paint on his. Um, oh, your shirt has it too. Nice. Yeah, my shirt. But uh, yeah, there you go. But yeah, so that kind of design has always um, been up my alley, but. Um, now you got my I haven't even thought about it. Now you got me thinking about it. All sorts of crazy bro, things. I love gear. And and when someone and it's not everyone, I'm not gonna call out names, but some people just don't take care of their gear. Some people just wear the same thing because they don't believe people notice this stuff. But trust yeah. me, gear plays a big role in how much you care about the match, how much you care about eyes on you. Especially the fact mm. that, you know, you came back and, and I'm telling you, I'm watching of Honor and I'm ready to watch the pure, you know, the pure tournament. And then when I see you come out, I jumped up. Me and my friend were talking on Xbox, you know, party. And it was just an insane <laughs> feeling to, to see you back and having more storyline, more rivalries, more back in the picture. Awesome. I mean, thank you. I really appreciate that. But I, I'm just like you, you know, I, I grew up a wrestling fan and I would love when guys would have different gear or new gear and stuff. And, you know, um, I've had some opportunity to spend some time with my idols and stuff. And uh, on a car ride one time that I, I had Bret Hart's ear um, and I'm just asking him all sorts of dumb questions. <laughs> but I was asking so many gear questions. I was like, you came back at the 1996 Survivor Series and you had like this one orange strap in there and, and like just such, you know, only something that, that someone who's crazy about gear would really know. And he was gracious enough to answer all my questions. But yeah, I feel the same way. You know, there's so much to uh, everyone's look in the ring. And like I said, the, the reason why I've traveled the world the way I have and, and, and done certain things in my career is because that's the people that I, what I, who I idolized it or that's what they did. And, you know, they always, the, the people that I always looked up to always had these transitions and their look and gear. And uh, I'm trying to keep that, that same tradition alive. That's awesome. That's great. And, you know, one more question I want to ask before we get to a different topic is now that, you know, everything's come back to normal, what's your goal? What's your goal for Ring of Honor? What's the goal in the next two years? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? Who do you want to face? Well, I mean, goal number one is is taking care of uh, Balloon Boy there. I mean, things are far from done, obviously, with that Dusty Melvin. But um, I will always, and I haven't had my rematch, but I will always have my eyes on the Ring of Honor world title. You know, I was able to accomplish that goal, but I still felt like I had so much to prove. Um, Ring of Honor was definitely at a time where there was a big transition going. Uh, obviously, AEW had started, which was half the, you know, almost half our roster. So to be the guy that kind of said, okay, I will, I will take this on my back and push forward uh, was a, a huge responsibility and one that I, I have no problem and, and, and very honored to, to, take, um, to take on my shoulders. At the same time, I was so kind of looking forward to the next thing, next thing, next thing, or or what I could do next, that I never had time to, in my mind, to really kind of enjoy the time as champion. Uh, so I'd love to kind of get it back and, and you know, tell that baby girl that I miss her and then that I, I didn't treat her right the first time. I didn't I didn't appreciate her enough. Um, so that, that will always be my goal in Ring of Honor. At the same time, 
I, I want to go back to Mexico. You know, there uh, has only been one foreign heavyweight champion in, in CMLL, Mike, uh, Marco Corleone, um, and Mark Jindrak, as we know him in the States. And uh, I definitely want to put my name on that list. Um, and like you said, you know, everyone wants to get the band back together. And I would love to go back to Japan with Mike and, and let's do it again. You know what I mean? Let's Let's have that same um goals that we set before winning the tag titles over in new japan was something that no one thought that we would achieve and it's one of those things that keeps you like okay we can do this again and that that kind of keeps you hungry for for the next thing so you know i'm I'm with ring of honor for the foreseeable future and i want to be the top guy there so my my definite number one goal obviously after uh disposing of Vinny is uh is getting my title back Awesome, man. Awesome. And I got to ask, and it's, you know, it's your choice to answer. It's your choice to keep that undisclosed. When this trend, you know, this point happened where AW was being made and they were taking names off, did you get a contract? Did you get into any negotiation where you had to make the hard choice and go with your gut and stay with Ring of Honor? And it obviously helped you. You obviously made the right choice. That's what put your name high on the bracket. But did you get an offer? Did you get some kind of... Well, um, so I was still under contract with Ring of Honor when all that went down. I still had a, a year um, left. So it wasn't really kind of uh, on the table of of were, were you going to be part of the, the guys that moved because there was only those guys' contract came up and I still had a lot of time uh, under mine. And uh, before my my contract uh, expired with Ring of Honor, they they came to me with a new one. So um, there's always, you know, especially with this new the last contract, there's always talks here and there, and you know, you you, you kind of you 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 talk to your friends and feel <laughs> things out and stuff. But uh, Ring of Honor has always treated me. Uh, more than I could ever ask for as not just a, a, an athlete, not just as a performer, but as a human being. And, um, when they came to me with the last deal, I, I felt this sense of pride to be loyal to ring of honor. They had, they had signed me during a time when I was hurt after my last surgery, they resigned me when I, when I was rehabbing, which is such a, a crazy thing for them to do. And they showed me that faith, um, four years ago, five years ago, that it's something that still really rings true in the back of my mind that like they, they went out of their way for me. And, um, I always feel that sense of loyalty back to them. Um, at the same time, like I said, I, I feel a sense of pride to really kind of be part of the resurgence of ring of honor. Now, you know, this, this new pure tournament has gotten a lot of people's eyes on ring of honor. And I think that ring of honor has the best wrestling on the planet, hands down. And it's the company that I want to be a part of, not just for the wrestling, but to bring it back, you know, to the prominence that it had and and beyond that to continue to build the brand. I was here when, before we had pay-per-views, you know, (laughs) before we were doing Madison square Garden, before we were doing any of that stuff. So I definitely feel this uh, piece of loyalty. It was almost like, you know, I'm part of this. And this is kind of my baby too. Um, so that, that's always where my heart lies is, is with ROH and I signed a long-term deal. So for the foreseeable future, that's, that's where my objectives will be. Awesome. Well, that's what people are going to be watching. That's where I'm going to support you. I gotta, I gotta get my, you know, the trend shirt. I I need to find it. I'm going to look for it. (laughs) ROH up. 
I'll plug it all in. Just tell me where people can follow you. Where can people support you? How can people support you? What could we post on social media? Hashtag what? Tell us everything we should do to be better fans and to help you out get the, the voice. Well, I appreciate that a lot. But yes, I mean, first off, ROH Wrestling. Every Monday night, we, we watch... Uh, we have a watch party for the new episode of ROH on, uh, at seven o'clock using the hashtag ROH pure, but, uh, you know, on the honor club, you can find all the Matt Taven stuff. And for me personally, you know, the Matt Taven on Instagram, Matt Taven on Twitter, Matt Taven on Facebook, uh, Matt Taven at pro wrestling tees, um, Matt Taven at ROH shop is where you can find the new trend shirt as well. Please spread the word, tell your friends. Uh, I for some reason, you know, my, a lot of people kind of jumped off the bandwagon during quarantine and when I wasn't on social media. Well, now I'm back, so I better see you all jump back on. That's the first uh, thing I did. The minute you got back on, I DM'd you. The minute I saw you're doing Zoom parties and... <laughs> I'm not, see, this is... No, you get it. You're one of the people that get it. Now we need to spread the word. We need to make everyone get it. We need to make everyone follow the trend because not just, you know, for Matt Taven... But to, to build Ring of Honor, because I truly will say, if you watch Ring of Honor's product lately, you know, especially since quarantine, put it up against any other wrestling product. I dare you to say uh, anything beats Ring of Honor. Um, so please, everyone out there, go support Matt Taven, Ring of Honor. And uh, hopefully, and DM me, tell me that you got a new trend shirt. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, everyone, for watching this video. I am here with... I'm... Matt Taven. And we got the trend. it. <laughs> and we got it. Thank you everyone for watching. We'll see you guys next time. Wow, I hope you guys enjoyed that video. That was the trend, Matt Taven. If you want to follow Matt Taven, all his social media information is all in the bio below. If you want to follow me, even if you haven't done it yet, it's all in the bottom below. So you can do all that. If you guys haven't heard, Final Battle is this Friday. So go watch it. Go enjoy it. The Kingdom is back. And we got so much to talk about. There's so many more interviews coming. Just get ready for the holidays. Enjoy. And I'll see you guys with another video next time.